With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hey, Mo! I want you to hit more on, you know, just that that stigma of Penny Hardaway. Like, uh-huh. like you, you are in that huddle. And, and you see shit way differently than other mm-hmm. people see that, you know, formulate these opinions with their own basketball minds and their own spins on the game that maybe he's doing some of these things wrong. But as a player for his team, you know, what are they wrong about? Like, you get the ins and the outs. Like, he's obviously not a bad coach. I, I would be damned if any conversation I had, I don't even know the guy, but if I let someone say, like, Penny Hardaway mm-hmm. was a bad coach, there's, there's no right. way. Like, yeah, there's people like, you know, different spins. Maybe they have different uh approaches and taxes but we we just we've been talking about this nit championship like three four times like he helped you guys win a championship he led that group like he took you guys to the tournament won a tournament game like he's only been at the helm for what three four years that's what i was gonna say so it's like go into that about him as a coach and what you see that we don't see what's up everybody welcome back to part two of episode 14 with memphis basketball walk-on connor glennon here on walkie talkies podcast on the college athletes network featured on iHeartRadio. i'm your host noah bono and the introduction point of this episode was the ending point of part one and is exactly where we're going to pick up on uh, right when i shut the hell up and introduce connor we're going to get right into his answer so here we go so when he like you said it's been however many years he came in when he took the job and it was like he put a lot of pressure on himself, but that's just the kind of guy he wants the attention. He wants the pressure. He wants, you know, he thrives in, in that pressure, but he's, he's growing and learning. And as we are, you know what I mean? He's still young in this game. He's not someone, you know, who's been around for 45 years and has figured everything out about 
every little deep, you know I mean? We're building our culture. We talk about it every day. We're building this. We're trying to figure it out now. Like it's set. This is what we want. Now we got to do it. We got to build it. So 20 years from now, when players come to the university of Memphis, they know what it is. You know what I mean? You, you got a team like Duke. They talk about the brotherhood. Like, you know, you know what, the, you know, you go to Duke, you know what that is. So for him, he's trying, he's trying to get through, you know, we got through those first however many years and now we're here. So we're focused here. We learned, we grew, we're here. How can we, how can we be perfect today? How can we win today? And then tomorrow we do the same thing. So in the, like, he's always had, you know, he's one of the smartest players to ever play the game. He knows he's just finding his niche. He's finding his, you know, this is how we're going to do things. Right. This, you know, practice is going to be like this. Um, there's a lot know, of experiment we travel right exactly and it, he's young in the game so there's things that worked and there's things that didn't work and it that i'm sure that's you know you could say the same thing you're you know we we'll, we'll do something and we're like oh man we're, we're gonna start doing this every day and then it's like yeah you know it just it's it's not what we need right now we need this so we'll, we'll scrap it we'll start over we'll figure something else out and we'll start here and we'll build off that right and so it, it almost feels like we were I don't want to say guinea pigs, but those first couple of years, man, we were, we're trying to figure it out still. We're trying to, we're trying to find our identity is, and then you add in, you know, people coming and going and all that kind of stuff, which is just the nature of college basketball. It can be difficult to, to set a, a tone every, from day one and, and carry that out and build throughout the year. And then the next year it's like, oh, you know, we got to start from scratch. We got to, we got to find out who this team is going to be. Um, so those first, First couple of years, it just it was it was about finding our identity, um, and now it's like okay, we know who we are, we know who we want to be. Here's how we're going to do it, and we just got to we just got to do it. We got to go and do it. On an X and O's basis, did you ever feel like, from your own observation standpoint, um, yeah, I'm sure you did. You know, you're within the system, and you know maybe you're thinking in your head like, maybe we should try this, and like I don't know if you ever had the. The, you know, enough of a relationship with them where you could suggest it to a coach lower on the totem pole and bring it up, whatever, even just have a conversation about it. Not like, Hey, Connor's saying we got to do this. Nah, just like your own opinion on like um, what you thought maybe would have benefited the team at times, like from an X and O standpoint. Cause dude, like I said, I, I really respect, you know, where your basketball mind is at. You probably had some observation, you know, calling your pops after every game, like, nah, man, we had to do this. We got to do, you know what I mean? Like, mm. What, what were maybe a couple things? And it's obviously no knock on Coach Penny. Like, shit worked. You guys, you know, third in the conference, got to the tournament. You were a top nine seed. You know, shit was working. Obviously, there was extenuating circumstances in other areas. But like like I said, shit was working. So, But was there anything that you, were, you would point out that you were like, yeah, you know, like, and then it didn't work. Like, something you wanted to do, and then you, maybe they did it, and it didn't work. Or you did it, mm -hmm. and then it did work. Was there anything like that? Um, I think... We had, you know, we, we had like this goal offensively. We wanted to play a certain way. We wanted to fill these spots and we wanted the ball to move. And we looked when that, when we had the ball move and we looked, we looked really good. So from a player's point of view, it was like when the ball would stick and there would be 15 on the clock and we, you know, dribble it out and call someone up for a ball screen instead of just swinging it to the other side and cutting and screening. That's when we started to find trouble. It was like, when do we, you know, when do we get to, to the point where we got to break it off and um, and make a play, you know, late clock situations? Or when do we trust that, you know, just swinging the ball, moving around is going to find us a shot 
or, you know, an opportunity. So I would have um, liked to see us move the ball more early in the year. The ball was sticking and we're, we're, we're so talented. We're, it was kind of like, okay, like you're, you know, you go make a play. And then the next person, you go make a play, you go make a play. But we were so good, like in practice, especially when the ball was moving and we were, we were just playing like really good basketball, man. I swear we, we, we would have, we would have beat up on some of the teams that, um, that we, you know, we lost too early in there just because we, like I said, we were, we didn't know who we were yet. We didn't know our, um, what we were capable. We didn't know how we wanted to play. Right. And, um, but as far as, you know, suggestions, I always, you're going into every, every film session, like before an opponent, I'll say, oh man, this is going to work. This is good. This is, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You know, they blitz ball screens. We're going to hit the short roll. They don't tag, you know, we're going to lift on the weak side, whatever it is. Like, I was like, man, this is it. This, yep. Perfect. And I was on the scout team. Like, yep, this works. You know, we'd go out there the first rep and be, yep, that works. (laughs) So it was always like, like I had the confidence, like, like I said before, like I, they know more than me these coaches that they know better than I do. So I, you know, I trust that what they see is, is it like, this is how we're going to win this game. And I think even if you have a coach who, who buys into something and they could be totally wrong, if you get a group of guys who just buy into what they say, I think you could still beat that team. It doesn't matter. As long as you buy in and you just, you just go all out and trying to do it the right way. Like you can make it happen. I think it's, it's interesting, you know, because you said the thing about, but we both kind of said it about, you know, Coach Hardaway being pretty new and like still experimenting and finding his way. And, um, you know, there's this constant and it's in every it's in everything. There's this constant like, you know, instant gratification, instant success, like right away. You got to be successful. Otherwise, you're a failure. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you see it with Coach Hardaway. He gets all the criticism, all the heat about, you know, him not being that good of a coach. And then you you look at a guy that you played with this past in the 2021-2022 season, Imani Bates, he skipped his senior year of high school and he enrolls at, at Memphis and he kind of suffered the same same deal. Like, But he's way younger than, than Coach Hardaway and has way less experience and is not you know, as emotionally intelligent to kind of handle maybe some of that criticism, which is not a knock on him. It's just an age thing. He's only been around for 17 years and he comes into mm-hmm. this first year and the expectations were high as hell, man. He was the number one overall pick, projected number one overall pick, and it just didn't work out. But he falls into that same mold of like, oh, he didn't have instant success, failure. He's a bust. He's nothing. He's at a mid-major now, like blah, blah. And so I I want to just preface it by saying it's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's reel it back in a little bit. Like, it's not that... Yes, it's serious, but like it's not to that severity. Like the kid's only mm-hmm. going to be eighteen; he's got plenty of time. Coach Hardaway is going to be an even better coach by his tenth year, his fifteenth mm-hmm. year. Like all of those things. So, let's go back to using that same young coaching mind of yours that we've been talking mm-hmm. about, and get into like why that Amani Bates thing didn't work. Why for both parties it went mm-hmm. wrong, and where maybe it ended up going wrong from your perspective. All right, really quick break coming up right here, and we'll come right back with Connor's answer on Imani Bates. I do thank you for your patience and apologize for the timing of this commercial, but we'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on Walkie Talkie's podcast. Let's get right into Connor's response. Yeah, so I think you just come in with like the highest of expectations, right? Everybody did. Fans, media, individual people, like you expect the absolute best and we're, we i mean we always expect like we expect to be playing for a national championship we expect these things so anytime you fall short like even if it's you know you lose in the final four it's like oh man you know failure we didn't do we expected to do this so when you fall when you fail even you know say you don't make the tournament you expect to win a national championship and you don't even make the tournament it's like this drastic failure so early in that year we had these crazy high expectations we were ranked high we're like man we you know we might not lose a game this year like that's how we were feeling and we did we lost we lost a couple in a row and then we won one and then we lost a few more in a row and it was just this like like doom almost around us like people just needed an outlet and when you're the head of attention um i think you catch a lot of that so i think people were so quick to go at you know a young kid or a young coach or, you know, whoever it was, or the hometown kids. Um, Alex Lomax is, has been beat up by the Memphis community for years just because they, they know him. They know his name. You know what I mean? It's easy for them to point the finger at him. Right. But with all these people, you know, what I could say is 
throughout all of it, they work. You know, Coach Hardaway works. He cares so much. Imani Bates works, man. He works. He cares. Alex Lomax cares. He, he cares so much. So for people to just – it's easy for someone on the outside to just point the finger and say, oh, man, it, it didn't work. It's this person's fault. It's this, it was this. But, no, sometimes, you know, you just come up short. Things didn't work out. Um, you have these expectations, and when, you know, roadblocks hit and, you know, some other things happen and um, it's not perfect anymore, it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I expected perfect, so this is a problem. But for us, it was like – you know, we're just going to keep, keep trucking, man. Like coach is going to put his head down. He's going to work. He's going to give everything he has every day. And especially like when Imani was uh, hurt and out, he was, man, he was so focused. He was helping us in practice, trying to win. And um, he was a big part of, of our, of our turnaround. And, you know, it just is so unfortunate that he gets a lot of that, um, you know, the wrong end of the stick because we started to win, but it was like, man people don't know like he was a part of that he really was he truly was and um towards like especially towards the end of the year when he was getting close to coming back he was so focused on just helping us win um and you know he was like you said he was a superstar his whole life he's been a superstar so for him him to come in and have to you know accept a different role that's for a 17 year old kid that is that is not easy that's not easy to do and he he was bought in you know when we came back and he started playing again uh in, in the tournament he was bought in he was like yeah i'll come off the bench i'll you know what i mean i just want to help us win any way i can you know five minutes here whatever it is and you could see the shift in people's minds not just him from our entire team like once we started getting closer to our goal like we started out everyone wanted to you know be that super they wanted to be you know the big piece of why we're why we're this great team and as time went on, people just kind of accepted a little bit, a little bit at a time, like, okay, this is my role. This is, this is how I'm going to help us win. You know what I mean? Lester Quinones in the NIT, he had double doubles, he had 20 point, 15 rebound games, whatever it was. And he accepted, okay, I'm going to guard the other team's best player. If I get two threes up, I'm going to make two of them. If I get five, I'm going to make three and I'm going to shut down whoever it is. I got to shut down Jalen Durant's like, I'm, I'm going to block every shot. I'm going to grab every rebound. I don't, if you drop it off to me, I'll dunk it. You throw it up, I'll dunk it. I don't need, I don't need these touches. You know what I mean? If, if I get the ball up top, I'm looking to make plays. Landers now he's like, okay, you know, you drive kick. I'll, you know, one of the best shooters in the country. I'll shoot it. I can shoot it. Tyler Harris understood his role. When I come in the game, you know, it's instant offense. I got to bring that spark. Alex Lomax just was that gritty, tough leader we needed who just picked up full court and he was just physical. And, you know, so everybody – kind of just clicked and we found you know Imani come off the bench instant offense just like Tyler right he's this threat like you got one of the best players coming out of high school in the country coming off the bench going against like that's difficult that's a difficult matchup for anybody man um so throughout all of it the, the one thing that I could say is like you know you would just expect this to be perfect and when it's not perfect everyone starts pointing fingers mm-hmm. and um the, the only consistent thing that there was, was, was work. The work never changed from day one. When, when um, I met coach Hardaway or when I met Imani Bates, they were in the gym, they were working, they were working harder than anybody. And day, whatever, at the end of the year, day before the last game, nothing had changed. They were the hardest working people. They were, you know, they were trying to do what was best for us to win. And, and that was the bottom line. And that's why we got to where we got.
Do you do you think at all? Um, you know, because I definitely I definitely watched a good amount of Memphis basketball. You know, I had a, mm-hmm. a former teammate played at SMU, Marcus Weathers. Um, so I saw all of those games against you guys. And mm-hmm. you know, the time even the other games that I got to watch and, and Imani was playing, there there did just feel like this little like because maybe he was young, like a lack of understanding about a college system and like playing within the team. And it was visible. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. he'd come up the court and take a crazy ass shot. Some of them would drop and then some of them wouldn't. And obviously we all know as basketball players, the ones that don't drop, they look kind of bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, do you think some of it was just like pure, like he needs to, you know, just learn a little bit more about the game, maybe like be exposed to certain things within like a system to know how to be, you know, the superstar he is just within like a really structured college program. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, and then, you know, the other thing is most freshmen, like we had, uh, I don't remember how many freshmen we had last year, but they were there June 1st. You know what I mean? Right. But when did he get anticipate? Right. He didn't get get there there probably August, maybe something like that. September. Because I, I had talked to you, September of 2021. And I don't think okay. he had even, I think he had yeah, maybe right. just committed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like reclass. And then mm-hmm. was like, I'll be at Memphis in a week and a half. Like got exactly. there mid September. So like that's man, think about, you know, you can attest to this, how important that summer is for just, you know, simple stuff like that baseline, yeah. everything. And you just build off it. So like, even like even Jalen, Jalen did a similar thing. He was there a little bit earlier, but like when he, for it was the same adjustment, he just had a little bit of time to kind of learn with like a, a closed environment, right? Just the practice gym. Imani, when he, it was basically like, boom, throw him, throw him out into the fire and, you know, the whole world's watching now too. It's not just, you know, us in the gym, you know, being um, humble kids trying to get better. Like, no, the whole world is watching. So he did a lot of growing up on the court, like in front of a lot of people, he, you know, he was forced to, forced to learn the game in a different way like I was telling you before like I threw myself into the fire but I I didn't have millions of people watching me fail every day you know what I mean yeah. it was maybe 25 30 people who saw me struggle and who saw me you know look like a fool or whatever it was and so I didn't have to worry about like the outside noise I didn't have to worry about all this other stuff so I think you know that was probably very challenging for him Cause he, you know, you, what you don't know, you don't know if you don't know it's, yeah. you know, you, so trying to learn that stuff with the whole world watching is, is definitely not an easy thing, but I, like I said, man, he, he wasn't ever like against learning it. Like he wanted to learn it. It's just not, like I said, before, it's not easy. It's not a easy. big step. It's a huge step when you're Dude, a kid you- and you got to be a man like this what do you snap think, of a finger what do you think the hardest thing about that learning curve is that maybe it doesn't have to be exactly unless you think you know what maybe he struggled with exactly but like even for yourself i know for me i had a million learning curves and it always mm-hmm. came back to like my upbringing within the game of not really learning that well at a young age not being exposed to the read that you make off hedging right. the ball screen. Dude, I didn't learn about a short roll until like my second year of college. Like <laughs> roll short when they hedge the ball screen. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's certain things that people pick up on slower. They're not exposed to whatever. Mm-hmm. So like what what maybe was he not exposed to that that mm-hmm. learning curve was tough for him? Um, Like from day one, you could feel, like when he got, you could feel he just had like this great feel for the game. 
like when he was playing and we were getting up and down, like he just he just knew how to you know be effective at the game of basketball. I think the speed and the physicality of the game um, is a lot different than high school. For me, that was the biggest thing. Like I I felt like I knew a lot about the game and how to play it the right way, but it sometimes it would just happen too quick and I would be I'd be late and I, late is wrong, right? So you can't mm-hmm. you can't you can't fix that, but. So I think speed and physicality was like, you know, it, it made it real. Like, okay, I, you know, I just left high school. I got, you know, I'm ready for this. Like mentally he was ready. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Um, so I think, I think that uh, I would say the speed and physicality of the game for most people is, um, is, yeah. is a jump. And then, like you said, mentally, some people, you know, like I felt like I knew a lot heading into college and uh, some people probably don't. They, you know, they probably had bad coaches growing up or, you know, they're just coaches who didn't care or whatever it was. And the mental side of things is just crazy when they got here. Um, okay. I remember I had a teammate uh, that came in with me he, um, and he just he just didn't understand stuff. And there's stuff that I understood. So every day, man, I was just trying to help him understand like the small stuff, you know, what I mean, like hedging, literally just hedging a ball screen. Or like, when do I rotate on as a big man? When do I get from one dunker spot to the other side? When do I circle around? When do I, you know, am I, why do I sprint into a ball screen? You know what I mean? Why do I, I don't understand. Like, why do I have to, why do I have to three quarter the post um, here and, and front the post here? Like all this stuff that we're, we're trying to learn. It's like, man, it could be, it could be a lot for people. If you don't know anything and it's like i said trying to learn all these things at once it's not just one little piece at a time and that can be hard that can yeah. be hard dude there's there's such a base level understanding a foundation mm-hmm. that you really need otherwise like like you said picking it all up at once is super super hard especially with mm-hmm. the pace of it the speed of it the the physicality of it it's all amplified times a thousand when you get in, especially into a division one program and then you're in the higher major schools like it's crazy. So, you know, we'll wrap it up with the Amani stuff and just like, what, why do you think he transferred? Was it just better to just get a fresh mm-hmm. start? Like, what, were you surprised by that at all? Like, what do you think, what was your perspective mm-hmm. on, you know, him deciding to leave? Um, I think he's the type of kid where if he, if he stayed, we would have made it work and we would have moved forward and made it better. And if, he wanted to leave, he, he would have went somewhere else and made it work and made it, you know what I mean? Cause that's just the type of kid that he is. Um, but it was just kind of like a mutual thing. Like, you know, like I said, you expect, you expect so much and uh, you just don't get there. It's like, you know, so I think he um, and everybody involved would, were just ready to, to move on to the next chapter. And I think it was probably best for him. Um, and for us, you know, we're headed in a good direction. He's headed in a good direction. I talked to him and he's happy um, being at, at Eastern Michigan. He's close to home. And I think he, you know, he's just ready to, to kind of have a little, you know, like you said, a fresh, not a fresh start, but just, you know, he's, he's learned a lot this year and he's, I think he's ready to show that, man, I, I learned a lot. Now I'm here and I'm going to teach these people who haven't learned what I've learned in a short amount of time. And I can be a leader. I can do these right. things. And I think, yeah, it's, you know, it sucks. You want, you know, you, you go after um, kids and you recruit people and you want them to be there for their whole career. That's the goal. That's the purpose. You want to build relationships like that. Sometimes it just doesn't work, man. Um, and we've had people come and go and, you know, it, it is what it is, but we just, we, we, we hunker down and we lock in with where we're at and where we want to be and whoever's there and 
whoever lines up with us, man, we, we're ready to go to war. And, and that's pretty much the bottom line, you know, but all my teammates that I've had um, throughout the last couple of years, man, for your teammates, once you, you know, put on that same jersey, your family, you know what I mean? So um, I look forward to watching his success and, and all my other teammates um, as well. You know I mean? We'll play against a couple of them, which will be pretty cool yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, it's life, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's also like, you know, to a certain extent, the nature of the new wave of college basketball right. with like, you know, really, it's like a year by year basis. I mean, even before it was like a scholarship is a one year contract, renewable, mm-hmm. assuming guys are, you know, going to stick around, you recruit them, they become family, you, you build this relationship. And now it's more like a year to year basis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, 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 I do think from my outside perspective, him probably him going elsewhere little lower level school and he's going to take all of the stuff he learned from all the great knowledge that you are around that you've touched on and when you're too close to a situation it always happens man you can't can't identify what like the root cause i mean you can identify what the root causes but you can't like really pick apart and solve all of them in the moment like you need to step away from the situation and so him being away from that in a new environment um, you know, one of my former Duquesne teammates also transferred and he's at Eastern Michigan too. Shout out to my guy, Tyson Acuff. So they're going to be together. Mm-hmm. I know how Tyson is like, you know, I, I think it'll be a cool situation, uh, for both of them. And, um, and he's a special player, man. He, he was not mm-hmm. number one in the country for no reason. So, mm-hmm. uh, I just think the criticism and stuff is, is just too harsh, man, but it's like literally just the way of the world and, and, and where we live yeah. in, um, which is a shame, but, you know, I, I think that there's a lot on the horizon for him. He's so damn young, dude. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. put some weight on him and like, I mean, even, even not even, you know, Kevin, he's like a mini Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram. They don't have weight on them. They're still kicking mm-hmm. ass. They, they had to figure it out. It just clicks for some people faster than others. But mm-hmm. okay. When we come back, Connor, we'll touch on the team's mindset while dealing with the infractions case that is looming over the program, as well as seeing his buddy Jalen Duran get drafted into the NBA. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network is back. And let's bring back in our guest, Connor Glennon, for the home stretch of part two of episode 14. I want to wrap it up kind of with two last things, but the, you know, there was that there was that little bit of drama going on with Imani and and all the media attention you guys get uh, from that. But then there's this new stuff. Um, obvi- well, obviously there's drama with every team, but there's new stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And because you guys are so publicized, because of who your coach is, and and everything is just so public, there's the infractions case from like the James mm-hmm. James Wiseman recruitment stuff, you know, back in 2019. And now that's all starting starting to sort of come back up. Um, and it could have you guys facing facing suspension. Uh, I can't fucking speak facing suspension from postseason play. So how do you guys navigate that and still remain focused? Like it's gotta be weird, you know, mm-hmm. that you can potentially go through a season and play great, but you're the one, you're the group that happens to get punished for, you know, mm-hmm. this little rule. I think it's like 1100 or $11,000 that we're talking about with the mm-hmm. James Wiseman thing. Like, you know, we don't have to go crazy on it, but like you're internally, like, wh- how do you guys navigate like a situation like this? Um, I'm sure you've heard this before. Just control what you can control. You know, it's in uh, the hands of people above us. You know, we know little to nothing of anything. You know, we're not, uh, you know, in that in that line of work, but we're here with a goal of being the best possible team that we can be that that's our goal we want to hang a banner there's a there's a missing banner in our gym um we've got every you know final four this 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 we've got everything but one banner we do not have a national championship banner and that is the only thing that we are focused on and you, like when you walk in the gym and you could feel it like when you know you watch us practice you hear you know how how intense we're we are right now there's just this this I can't even explain it, but there's this level of, of fire in everybody. You know, we've got, we've got a different roster this year. I can say that it's different. We have, you know, my first two years, we had a lot of young guys. We had, you know, guys who've been there for a couple of years, whatever. Now we've got a lot of new guys, but they're older. They've been around other programs. They've done stuff. You know what I mean? We've got some accomplished college players on our team um, that have come to us. So we're, our focus is on us you know what i mean it's not on you know whatever were to happen if it even happens you know it is what it is but we're 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 trying to build something right now we're trying to you know go in this direction and to be honest 
honest with you, like it, that's it. Like we just, we're so hyper-focused on, on being the best team where we feel like we're still being overlooked and, and, you know, for reasons, you know, we've talked about people don't think we'll, we'll be good. They don't think we'll be that good. We don't think we'll make it to the tournament. They think we'll be, you know, in the same position we were in last year, but our goal is just to build and get better. And, um, you know, once again, prove everybody wrong. Yeah. And I, I mean, as it should be, you guys are obviously have the right focus going into the season, but, um, I just think it blows that there's a potential chance to, you know, you bring in the AAC reigning AAC conference player of the year, Kendrick Davis, you got all these older guys, like you said, um, that come to a school, play for a coach like Penny Hardaway. Like they want exactly what you're talking about. They want that banner, but there's still this like looming, like, Ooh, we might not even be able to get into the, you know, tournament that gives us that banner. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with you guys. It's a crazy punishment. Um, that hurts the current kids' careers. You know what I mean? Like it has nothing. It's a, it's, it's a three-year-old incident, you know, sure. There's, it's a, I guess a problem with the coach, but it's, it's so stupid, man. Like I, I, obviously you can't touch on it as much as I can. I'm retired. I can mm. see whatever the hell I want about the NCAA. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> um, but seriously, I just hate to see it. I don't want to see you guys have to suffer, you know, this punishment from something mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with you guys. Like the, the NCAA tournament and playing on that in March madness is a once in a lifetime thing. If you have the opportunity to, and it's stripped from you mm -hmm. due to something that has nothing to do with you guys, man, that ain't right. And, uh, I won't stand for that either. <laughs> I will, I, I can't do anything about it, but I'll, I'll voice mm -hmm. my opinion that it's bullshit. And I hope, you know, more powerful people do as well. Cause it's not right. But, um, you know, it's good to hear that you guys are, are still sticking together and there's a lot of cool things coming together, you know, mm -hmm. another year under all of your belts with experience and exposure to certain things that, you know, hopefully comes together for the greater good of your team. Lastly, and we'll finish with this, you know, as one of the only walk-ons on the team, one of two, one of three, whatever, like we said in the beginning and being what your role is, you know, that selflessness, that sacrifice, that we before me, um, what are you in the long term, your goals? as you finish out your last two to three years, like in mm -hmm. this current role, you still are kind of at the bottom of the roster yet. We did touch on, you know, becoming mm -hmm. one of the older guys, you're an upperclassman going to become sort of a leader of this program in that walk-on role. What do you hope to accomplish for yourself moving forward, whether it's in these next three years or just in general with life mm -hmm. um, moving forward that this experience as a walk-on will help you do? Yeah. So I never, never put a cap on, on, on anything. I don't ever want to say like, this is, you know, if I, if I get to this, if I do this, this is this, you know, I'm, I'm happy, I'm successful. I'm whatever. I'm more concerned about, you know, like the day-to-day -day stuff. Like if I can, if I can make us better today and I can, Oh, today is this to tomorrow is this, whatever it is, just building off that and creating, you know, my own, my own journey, my own path, um, and just climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder and keep going and keep going and keep going. And wherever that is, is wherever that is. I can't, you know, I can't sit here and say, you know, I'm ever going to be a superstar in college basketball, but I'm also not going to, not going to say that I can't ever be, you know, um, you know, a key piece to us playing, um, you know, certain amount of minutes and helping us win on the floor. I, I can't say that because I have the utmost uh, confidence in myself. You know what I mean? I put in, I put in the work. I understand, um, you know, what it takes, stuff like that. So I, I won't ever put it, a limit on myself, but I also won't ever say, you know, anything for certain. Um, you know, I just, I want to win. And I'm somebody who understands, you know, if, 
if it if I can help us win from the last seat on the bench or with the ball in my hands for 25 minutes or three minutes or in a shirt and tie someday or whatever the case may be, I want to win. I want to help us win. I want to help us win on a day to day basis. I want to bring value um, to people and to an organization and a program and to a school and, you know, a community. And, you know, I would say that's that's the goal. And what comes along with that is, you know, you want to play, you want to you want to be the man on the team. You want to do all these kinds of things. You want to, um, you know, you just want to climb that ladder. But for me, I, it's all about it's all about the people. I want to bring something. To, you know, I want to help people reach their dreams, their goals at the same time and show them, you know, this is how I was raised. This is how I was taught to do things, you know, maybe. Um, I can I can teach somebody something along the way or you know, bring value to somebody's life or just help them get by or whatever it is. You know, what I mean, that's that's the real goal. And then I would say I'm um, just trying to improve and, and get better and wherever it, wherever it goes, is wherever it goes. And does that mean, you know, something overseas, something mm-hmm. just within coaching? Like, you know, obviously you're not in a position where you're thinking about hanging it up yet. I know by my third year I was I was not. <laughs> even in the mold of thinking I'd be where I'm at now and I'm, you know, retired, but is that, is that where your head's kind of at? Yeah, man, if I could, I, you know, like I said, I will never put a, you know, an end cap on, on what I can do. If, if an opportunity created itself, I will be the first person to throw myself into the fire once again and start from scratch and try and climb a ladder in another way or another, you know, we're a million miles away, whatever it is, I don't care. If that's what I want to do, I'm going to do it like 100%. I'm going to just go for it, go for it, go for it until I either get it or I don't. I'm not afraid to fail. Like I said, um, you know, it's just part of life. The only the only thing is if I fail, I'm just going to keep failing until I figure it out or, uh, right. you know, I figure something else out that I want to do and I'm going to go do that. Um, so, yeah. Hey, man, you, you've had great perspective. You know, this whole episode, I really enjoyed talking to you. I, I want to one more thing. Well, before I even say that, I want to touch on like the limiting yourself thing, because like, you know, you have this like, it probably is just come from, you know, how you were raised, which sounds like you were raised really well. (laughs) Um, You know, it's hard for a lot of 20 year olds to like grasp this sort of mindset um, Mm -hmm. at a young age. And, you know, the, the thing that hit home with me the most was you talking about like, you just want to be able to give that give what you got to others that maybe mm-hmm. didn't and, and, you know, hope that they can kind of grasp onto those things mm-hmm. the same way you did. And I think that's the most interesting thing about people I talk to that are, are walk-ons, former walk-ons, current walk-ons is like most of them in some sense are givers uh, to a certain degree, more mm-hmm. often than not. And I don't know, man, I've just been in this situation, these situations lately where like, I feel it even more like the last couple of years, man, I just want to give, I want to, I don't even got a lot to give, you know, but like, you know, I'll buy a homeless person Chipotle. I'll give them a case mm-hmm. of waters. Like, if, like, I don't even know. It's literally anything random. I just like, I feel it inside of me, that burning sensation of like, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm young. I still need help. But like, while I'm getting some help, I want to keep helping now that I'm at that mm-hmm. age where I can. So I think that really, you know, hit home with me. Um, and I hope it's home with listeners too, because like, man, like, let's not all be, let's not all be so selfish out there. Like, like the world is about giving, man, like you, the more you yep. give, the more you give back in return. Um, but the, the one last thing that has nothing to do with what we were just talking about that I want to just bring up and have you quickly touch on is your guy, 
Jalen Duren gets drafted into the NBA. I thought he got traded to the Knicks. He didn't. Oh, man. He's on he's <laughs> on the Pistons, which is fine. Great dude, duo. Dude. Him, him, Cade, and um and and Ivy. That's a great little trio. But I was really praying that he was on the Knicks. That would have that would have been amazing. <laughs> but give me just like a quick like you being around him. You know what you kind of expect from him in the NBA. How you think he'll progress and grow? You know he's got the frame mm-hmm. and like the you know, the defensive presence at that size to be an absolute monster right away. Mm-hmm. And as, as that offensive skill set keeps building, you know, within an NBA system, and he could be a real deal problem. So what do you, mm-hmm. what do you th- just talk about him for a second? First of all, draft night was crazy, dude. I remember like I saw his name. I'm like, oh man, I was hoping he was going to, I wanted him to be with the Hornets. Like once he started um, going through, I was like, man, him and LaMelo, that's going to be crazy. So they pick him. I was going nuts going crazy I'm so happy I see he gets traded to the Knicks I'm like oh man you know is New York a good I'm starting to analyze like is, is the Knicks a good fit do I like him in New York and before I even got to an answer it's like, oh he's going to Detroit and I was like okay I like him with Cade in Detroit that's a good spot for him so and I'm I'm so 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 happy for him and um like you said man he is going to be a problem if he wants to be if he understands how like for him he is so unselfish as a as a playmaker as a passer he reminds me of Bam Adebayo and Jokic the way he is so willing to pass the ball and he's such a good passer sometimes it's like no I want you to get the ball and I want you to dunk on everybody (laughs) like I want you to do that you know what I mean so I'm I'm just excited to see like what what direction he takes it because he's he's probably one of the best lob threats in the league already. You know what I mean? Like you throw that thing up there, he's going to get it. And playing with somebody like Cade is going to get it. You know what I mean? You, I've oh, seen yeah. seven lobs in two or three summer league games, whatever it is, you know? Um, so I think it's a good environment for him because he, like he's young too. So he's going to be around young, um, some young talent and some young pros. You know what I mean? Cade Cunningham is, on the verge of becoming a superstar at a very young age, I think he could, um, you know, teach him a lot about, you know, stuff off outside of the court and, and all that stuff. So I think he's in good hands. Um, and, you know, he could be, he could be a lot of things, man. He, he works hard. He's, he's smart. He's unselfish. I think he's got a lot of, a lot of the things that you look for in, in a player um, and whatever they need him to do, I, I can tell you he's going he's gonna to be good at it. So I'm, I'm just really excited to see uh, how that unfolds. And it's got to be super cool to, like, have someone that you were that close Dude. with be in the NBA, you know. So mm-hmm. one, the one thing I, I haven't – I mean, there's a couple, but that would be the main thing that I always think about is, like, and that's no knock on my teammates. It's just really hard to make the NBA – um, I do have one teammate who's been floating around the G League the last year mm-hmm. and a half, which has been cool because, you know, you're like, man, you're you're there. Like, you're in the G League. You're mm-hmm. part of the NBA. So, I mean, seeing your boy get drafted, though, has got to be a special, special feeling. Like, just the to... craziest part. I would sorry to cut you off, man, but it's OK. Watching the draft. I watch the draft every year. I'm such a nerd about that stuff. I, yeah, love, me too. I love watching the draft. Um, But. When Chet Holmgren got drafted, they put up a video of him going against Jalen Duran. And when Jalen got drafted, you know, they put up the vi- and I was in the background of those on the bench, standing up, talking, whatever. And that was one of the coolest things I could say is ever I've ever seen. Seeing me on the screen of draft night, even though obviously I'm not the one getting drafted, like that put a smile on my face, and that makes me 
I feel like, okay, what I'm doing is good. You know what I mean? It was like a little bit of reassurance, like to keep going, probably, you know, left, uh, went to the gym that night, got some shots up or something after the draft ended. But (laughs) but yeah, that was, that was really cool to, uh, to see myself, um, be attached to, to stars, man, to, to be attached with superstars. So that's super cool. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that kind of sums up this conversation is like, you have been around, and I said it before, like a lot of talented basketball players and minds, coaches, like from a young age. I mean, obviously, it clearly started with your dad and, you know, his training you're around Gannon Baker, you're around Coach Topper at a young age, you're rebounding for Terry Rozier. And, you know, before he was really Terry Rozier and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like you've you've been in the mix for a while and, and clearly are like magnetic, you know, to being around certain guys. And I'm sure you're gonna have a couple more teammates that crack the NBA that are on your team mm-hmm. this year. So that's cool. That's super special. It's something that you should, you know, hold on to. And I'm sure you're super grateful for Cause you know, man, that basketball world is small and, and those connections are, they're always going to be big time for you. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, moving forward, like it'll really only work in your favor with, with the kind of guy you are. So, man, I appreciate you coming on, running this back. Mm-hmm. This was night and day better than our first conversation, <laughs> man. This was, this was great. And that for, for people who don't know, that first conversation is not available anymore. It has been taken down since uh, I signed this deal with iHeartRadio. But mm-hmm. I think one day, you know, down the line, it'll be funny to re-release that exactly how it is and let people just <laughs> listen to the ina- the real inaugural episode of Walkie Talkies. Oh, yeah. Because Connor was my first guest um, mm-hmm. back in September of 2021, man. So, I appreciate it. Let, let's keep pushing Absolutely. this walkie talkies message, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully holding on to the you know, stuff that you're doing, man, is, is special as a walk-on. You really are embodying like what we as walk-ons, you know, should do and should feel and should embrace. Um, and that's special, man. You got two, two, maybe three more years, however many you mm-hmm. want to do with your COVID year to keep riding the wave, but a uh, bright future ahead for you, bro. And uh, I appreciate you doing this again. So. I appreciate you. And I'm happy for you. You know, they, I, I saw the iHeart stuff, man. That's very cool. Very cool. You're going in a good direction, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. And we've come a long way in, in a year already. Yeah, so I'm so excited to see where we go, man. And that's a wrap for parts one and two of episode 14. Special two-part episode with Connor, man. What a good dude. What a smart dude. You know, he's the kind of guy that people get to be around and they start to realize like, damn i'm lucky i get to be around this guy every day (laughs) Uh, he really is just a good dude great head on his shoulders and you bet your bottom ass he's gonna be back on walkie talkies podcast in future episodes down the line uh just as this was really the second time we have done an episode and you know all my guests are always welcome back but um connor's become a friend of the show and uh you know we appreciate him coming back on and uh doing a part two for us i really enjoyed the uh two-part format as well keep the episodes a little shorter sharper uh more condensed for the listeners and the next episode will follow the same format with former university of kentucky walk-on son of the legend john calipari the man himself brad calipari it won't be next week but the following week part one of that will drop so if you enjoyed this and think you'll enjoy Brad's episode, then please click the subscribe button so you can be notified when the episode with Brad Calipari drops and when more interviews and conversations like this on Walkie Talkies podcast are released. And leave the show a review with some stars or a rating. You can do that directly on the Apple Podcast app. Towards the bottom of the show page, there'll be a button on the right that says write a review. 
And if you're on Spotify, right near the top of the show page, there will be an option to leave some stars and a review. And I would really appreciate if you all could take two minutes out of your day to do that. Even if you want to leave a shitty score, just go ahead and leave us a couple couple stars. What do you think? We love the feedback. So thank you in advance for that. And we'll see you all back here in two weeks with some more heat. And remember, couple some cute. Wonky Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.